Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Going down the mountain, gonna have myself a time. Family faces everywhere, number thoughts without temptation. Going down the mountain, gonna leave my woes behind. Ever fucking day or night, people howling out in the mountain. Going up the mountain, gonna see if I can't unwind. Welcome back to Malatown Vacation, episode number five. And joining me this time around, uh, I'm really excited about this one. This man uh, created a podcast which has become my favorite, absolute favorite uh, podcast. And uh, I've just been looking forward to talking to him about all the different characters that he's stumbled across along the way and a little bit of a little bit of sports with him as well. But welcoming to the show for the first time, the host of Who Are These Podcasts, Carl Hamburger. Welcome to Malatown. Uh, thanks for having me, Ozzy. Appreciate it. it. <laughs> it's, it's great to have you here. Uh, I know you're a South Park fan. What did you, what did you think of my uh, Malatown South Park intro song? Uh, it sounds like you ripped that off from South Park. <laughs> it did not. All, all the <laughs> notes on the guitar, bass line, all of that sounded ripped off to me. Yeah. Yeah. Look, I took I took some inspiration uh, from South Park. Uh, I wouldn't call it just inspiration there. I don't know. You might have, uh, there might be a copyright infringement somewhere. I'm sure Matt and Trey would be fine with it. Uh, yeah, and who is it? Is uh, I know you love the, the band that. That actually wrote that song and I promise right. yeah yeah You're so I went to uh I went to Red Rocks for the South Park 25th anniversary show right. which was Ween Primus and the South Park guys and it was the most incredible show I've ever seen and you know you're in Australia so you wouldn't know this but uh it's near Denver Colorado I live in upstate New York it was very far for me to go to Denver to that show and it was so worth it it was fantastic I know about going very far to get to other cities, Carl. I live in the most isolated city in the world, so uh, I have to travel a long way to get to any other city. Are you on the west coast of Australia? Yeah, yeah. Oh wow, okay, yeah. I, I can't. I can't even imagine. Honestly, this is how dumb Americans are. <laughs> I didn't think people lived over there. I was like, really? There's cities over there? Okay, <laughs> what <Wow>, weird. <laughs> Uh, I love uh, I love on my show uh, pointing out to my co-hosts like uh, I love the ignorant American and uh, one of my co-hosts Robbie uh, is your classic ignorant ignorant American. Um, he's he's a clever fella, but uh, yeah, there's certain things that blow my mind. And speaking of him, uh, I want to get into this because Robbie is a Josh Allen sycophant, and I've got to hear about the Buffalo Bills 
constantly week in and week out. And I know that you are, like you said, upstate New York. Uh, yeah. What is it? Rochester, um, yeah. New York, a Buffalo Bills fan. Uh, first thing I want to ask, you and I briefly spoke off air. I'm a Cowboys fan for all the reasons that you would hate me for being a Cowboys fan as a, as a Buffalo Bills fan. But just talk to me about four straight Super Bowl losses. Like, what's the emotional trajectory across those four? Like, by the end of it, are you just giving up and going, fuck it, whatever happens, happens? Like, how, how does that go? Yeah, so the first Super Bowl that the Bills were in was against the Giants. The Bills were heavy favorites in that game. They had a better team by far. They got outcoached in that game. They weren't prepared for it. They still only lost by a missed field goal. Still should have won, but they didn't. I blame Marv Levy, our coach, for not having a good game plan, not having the guys ready for it. After that Super Bowl, the next three they were outclassed and the Redskins took, took the bills apart. And then uh, obviously the Dallas did two in a row. And um, I think for bills fans, they weren't expecting to win those. I mean, everyone's always optimistic, mm. but uh, being from Buffalo is tough. They've never won uh, a championship between the Buffalo Sabres and the Buffalo bills. We've been to the finals. We've been close but it's never happened. So there's a little bit of a loser mentality probably that always uh, sinks in in crunch time. Yeah, look, I, I get it. And um, isn't it interesting? Like, do you, do you have a hatred for the NFC East because of that? Like, it, it's quite funny that it was the NFC East that uh, did it to you guys. Or d is that just irrelevant to you? No, yeah, that's irrelevant to me. That, that was so long ago now. And honestly, looking back at four Super Bowls, if we had won the first one and then never gone back, okay, we'd be Super Bowl winners, but it's a much bigger story to this day that they went yeah, four times in a row and lost. And also the fact that they didn't win was why they are able to keep their core players together and that team together that was so dominant in the AFC for all those years because you win a Super Bowl, now guys need big contracts and they're negotiating and you can't afford them. So there's – and, and this, this is loser mentality right here. If there's Bill's <laughs> fans listening, they're going to call me out. There is something to say for losing four in a row – that is somewhat of a novelty, and it was a it was a fun ride in this part of the country for those four years, and, and really like six or seven years with Jim Kelly and that offense. They were just competitive and they were good, uh, and it was enjoyable because you know for people like you, you know the Super Bowls, but the rest of us were watching the entire seasons and yeah. watching the playoffs, the biggest comeback ever in a playoff game. So there was a lot of cool things that were happening along the way for Bills fans, and then of course it always ends with shitty Super Bowl losses. <laughs> No, that's great. And that's why I wanted to ask you because there is so much more to it. And, and yeah, to get there every year, like it's a party every year, like you're still going to have a Super Bowl party, whether you win or lose, like, yeah, right. It's yep. a sour taste at the end, but you're still having a party. You're getting people together. So you're right. It It is a, and it, yeah, it wouldn't have been the same if they won one and never went back. You're right. Uh, I'm, I think I'm hoping, was. I'm hoping to travel to Arizona come February because if, Somehow, and, and last night the Bills beat the Patriots pretty easily. They're starting to get healthy. The defense is getting healthy, which, I mean, if the Bills can figure out their offense and the defense is as good as it is, they're going to be tough to beat. So there's a chance if, if the Bills make the Super Bowl, I will be there in Arizona to watch that game. All right, that's good. I look forward to hearing about that. And I will get on to the Bills. I just want to quickly, you mentioned the Sabres. I don't, I don't do hockey. I've not. I've not really got into it and been able to understand it yet. Uh, but obviously Buffalo doesn't have baseball or basketball teams. Have right. you, obviously for me, like my teams are all across America. Like it's weird, the, the different teams I support. Uh, but 
yeah, I'm interested for you if you uh, pick teams uh, for for baseball and basketball and um, and how you went about it. I'm a Chicago Cubs fan. I have been since I was a little kid, and the reason why is because Wrigley Field, historical field that they play in since 1914, didn't have lights until I think 1990 is when they finally put lights in. So they were the only team in the league that played all of their home games during the day. And because of that, when I was home for summer break when I was a little kid and baseball was on TV, it was always the Cubs. Yeah. We also had WGN, which was, which was a Chicago superstation. They called it back then. So all the Cubs games were on during the day. So I got to know all the players. When I was learning baseball, I learned from watching the Cubs. I learned all the players. I got to like the players. They were good those few years. They made the playoffs. So then my family ended up going to Chicago, and I ended up going to Wrigley Field and, and watching these games. So I've been a uh, diehard Cubs fan my entire life. Basketball, I don't give a fuck about. I hate yeah, the NBA. Right. I do watch college basketball. We're close to Syracuse. I root for the Orange. I've been to some of those games. But for the most part, uh, basketball, it's not a great sport. The NBA is a, a terrible product. I, I don't get it. I, I don't understand the appeal of it. I don't think anybody watches the sport. As popular as basketball is, no one actually watches it until the playoffs come around. And even then, it's, it's like later rounds. That's a good point. I mean, I, basketball was my link to America. That The Jordan era that's sure. that's what we were getting the most of and and i did love it dominic wilkins was my guy um you know the to me listen i wa- i watched in the 90s when jordan yeah. when that chicago bulls team and because i do love chicago because of the cubs i was it was very easy for me to jump on that bandwagon yeah, of course but yeah, i can't say I'm a, I'm a bulls fan or anything like that it was <laughs> yeah. just fun to watch jordan and pippen and and rodman and all those guys yeah look like i say i love basketball it was big in the 90 early 90s here our league in australia was big and um, I got into it, but I, I do understand that there's a lot of people out there that hate basketball. All right, let's quickly go. Um, I predicted mainly just to annoy my co-host Robbie, but I'm actually getting more and more confident about it uh, as the season goes on. I actually picked Cowboys Bills Super Bowl, and obviously okay. picked Cowboys with my heart. And I got to say, I, I just I'm totally in love with Micah Parsons, and when and when you got a defense like that, you are dangerous. And obviously, the the worry is uh, Dak Prescott. Like our running game's great, our offensive line's great, blah blah blah. As you said before about the Bills, right now as it stands, do you have any concerns with the Bills in terms of like these close games, these overtimes, uh, big games? Are you, are you afraid of the choke factor? I guess. Well, the reason why the Bills have lost three games this season is because of injuries. Now, I went to L.A. to watch the home opener for the Rams. The Bills played the Rams, and um, it was over 100 degrees in that stadium. Fast forward two weeks later, they're down in Miami. It's over 100 degrees on the field again. This is not football weather. They're wearing a lot of pads. They're wearing heavy helmets, and it really wore on the team playing those games. Um, So we had a lot of injuries early on. We we lost our safety for the entire year, but – and I, I know I'm saying we, I apologize. No, yeah, I I like, no, I do it. I do it. Do it's it. right. Yeah. Um, so, so when it, when it comes to um, the, the bills problems this year, the issues they've had has really been because they're playing guys who would be on the practice squad on most other teams. Now they're starting to get a little bit healthy on defense. Of course, we lost our best defender on uh, Thanksgiving, but Von Miller will be coming back by week 16 or so. So um, if they can get healthy and get their guys right, there isn't a better team in football than the Bills this year. Uh, that's what everyone was saying before the season started, which does put a bullseye on your back. It does make it a little bit more difficult. But once they, they get right, they get healthy, if they can, 
then I, I think they're a force to be reckoned with. I do totally agree. And um, I do like to needle uh, my buddy Robbie. Uh, but uh, any concern with Josh Allen? You think he's the man? Like, he, he'll he he'll get it done? No concern with him? You know, like Josh Allen's made some, made some bad decisions these last few weeks, but he's been <laughs> throwing picks at the wrong time, making mm. bad decisions. Part of that is, and I'm not making excuses for him, but he did hurt his elbow, and they weren't sure. And it's yeah. it's on his throwing arm, and they weren't sure if he was even going to play. And he's been playing through pain, and you know he doesn't complain about it. He doesn't show it. He he's a, he wants to be the fucking indestructible dude out there. So <laughs> I give him credit for that. But uh, no, he'll figure it out. He's still a young player. He's still learning the game, and and teams are starting to figure out how to play him in the red zone. So he's got to make some changes now and adjust to that. But um, I I watched Allen his rookie season. They made the playoffs. And he looked so nervous in that game in Houston. And you don't see that version of him anymore. He's very calm. He mm. keeps his shit together. So I'm not concerned about that. I think he'll be good. Enough about that. Um, I know you think the Bills are going to win the Super Bowl. You're going to travel to the Super Bowl. I don't, uh, I don't think they will. I just hope they will. <laughs> I honestly don't think they will. Oh, they really? Never yeah. before. Yeah, well, good point. You've got that defeatist Bills attitude, don't you? Yes. And <laughs> do. I'm, I'm starting to get that with the Cowboys because I was like a kid who didn't understand the game when I became a fan. And yep. now all I've seen is failures in big playoff games or games at the end of season to get into the playoffs. So I'm starting to get that as well. Like, I really like this team the Cowboys have got this year, but just waiting for Dak to throw a pick at the wrong time in the playoffs <laughs> or whatever it may be. But anyway, uh, let's get on to your show. Who are these podcasts that uh, I have become, I mean, I've got to be honest, obsessed with. Uh, and the some of the spinoffs and some of the spinoff garbage that I've listened to, Carl, just because of what you've created. Um, it's, yeah, I, I, I'll call it an, an obsession. Can you give my audience, not that it's huge, but my audience, a quick little synopsis of what Who Are These Podcasts is all about. Yeah, so I started the show almost seven years ago now, and the idea was there's so many shitty podcasts out there. There should be a show that just roasts all of these shows because when I would try to discover new podcasts, I found that most of them were amateur hour. They didn't know how to run a show. Production wasn't good. The personalities weren't good trying to be funny or trying to do true crime or whatever it was, just missing the mark. I thought this is so ripe for ridicule. So why don't we do, and you know, we talked about this. I got the idea from Open Anthony's Jocktober. My favorite bit that Open Anthony used to do every October is Sam Roberts would pull clips from a morning show in some market and they'd listen to clips and just rip them a new asshole. And it was so fun and so funny. And then when Anthony was fired and they stopped doing Jocktober, Open Anthony went away there was a void there and it wasn't like, I'm like, Oh, we're going to fill this void and we're going to get all these open Anthony fans. I didn't think that for a second because I'm not Jim Norton. I'm not Anthony Cumia, but I thought this is a really fun thing to do. My buddy, Kevin, who moved across the country, uh, him and I started the show together it was a, an opportunity for us to get together once a week and, and have some fun, something for us to do since uh, we couldn't see each other anymore. And so, uh, you know, it just started out as a hobby and just a thing that I did on the weekends that was fun uh, laughing at jerks. And I'm happy to say that it's now my full-time job. So it, it worked out very well. Yeah, no, you've done an amazing job. And uh, yeah, it, it's almost, um, you've almost become an inspiration to me because that's what we all want to do, isn't it? And um, and you're like, exactly like, and I know, obviously I've, I, I explained to you earlier, I consumed it all uh, like in the last 12 months, uh, your, your entire journey. But obviously, obviously for you, what is it, seven, seven years now? 
you've been rolling yeah coming up on seven years yeah we started in in 2016 like beginning of 2016 yeah so how long like what was the initial stage i know that i think it was the op episode that sort of started your momentum rolling um how long did you have to have to nut it out and and what were you looking at in the early days uh you know in terms of like um numbers and that like um you know were were you feeling like packing it in i know kevin decided to give it up but uh yeah give me some of the early days situation yeah well we would get uh, so once we started rolling a little bit and we would get maybe 200 downloads to 400 downloads an episode and a lot of that came from there's a show called no agenda that i'm a huge fan of and so uh, i would donate to their show help them produce the show. And with that, I would put notes in about my show. And so some people like no agenda found our show through that. So we had a tiny little audience. Then I had this thing where another podcaster got very upset with what we were saying about her podcast. She tried to get our show taken down. I refused to do it. So then she decided she had a pretty large audience. She decided to get all of her audience on the internet to try to ruin my life. So they came after my company. They came after my business partners and uh, they tried to get me taken down. That was scary. And it sucked, but we also got a lot of people who, because of that, uh, started checking out the show and enjoying it. So we, we built a little bit of an audience from that. Uh, and then it was a little over two years in, and honestly, I was ready to be done with it because we're still, you know, we're getting a few hundred, maybe a thousand downloads per show. So there's a little bit of a thing there, but I wasn't making any money on it. I was putting a lot of work into it. I put a lot of work into the show. And I'm working a full-time job and then I'm spending all day Saturday doing this podcast. And I'm like, I was getting burned out. I'm like, I don't think I want to do this anymore. And then the Opie episode dropped and um, somebody grabbed the audio from that, made a YouTube video of it, put it up on YouTube, got like 70,000 views the first week it was up. Uh, Anthony was talking about it on his show. Jim and Sam, people were calling into Jim and Sam's show and talking about it. So it got a lot of uh, ears on, on the show on that. And then I think two weeks later, I did um, Suttering John's show for the first time, and uh, that has turned into a whole thing. I, it wasn't at the time, but now it's created an entire, um, well, we call it the Dabbleverse yeah. on the internet, and we're doing live shows, and it's a whole thing. But um, but then I got to go on Anthony Cumia's show a couple months after I put out the Opiate episode, and uh, yeah, things have just been kind of steadily growing ever since then, which is, what, four, four or five years ago now. Yeah, it's... It- like I say, incredible uh, uh, listening to it all. And it's funny, you mentioned Stuttering John, and I, I am going to save him as as a closer. Um, I love talking about Stuttering John. Uh, but it, it's amazing to me that you're talking, yeah, four, four and a half years ago, you first started talking about Stuttering John and and where we are now. Like, it, it is incredible. Uh, but along the way, I, I, I want to get into a few of the characters, but... I know there's a new guy, which we'll talk about in a minute, but um, in terms of podcasts that you've reviewed and you went, you know what? I like these guys. Uh, is there many of them? And, and, and who is, who are one or two of your favorites? Yeah. So I discovered the Dick show, Dick Masterson. Uh, someone reached out to me and they said, Carl, if you're not following this thing, there was the show called the biggest problem in the universe with Maddox and Dick Masterson. I knew who Maddox was because he had this blog uh, the biggest or the, the best page in the universe, it was called. And he would write these um, these articles that were just humorous and they were fun. And I worked at a humor website called E-Bombs World. So we had a connection with some of these other guys, Tucker Max and and Maddox and stuff. So I, I, I knew of him. I was a fan. I, I owned one of his books. And uh, someone said, well, 
him and Dick Manson used to do the show, and then they don't do a show anymore, and now they're doing their own separate shows. You got to check it out. So I actually went in and listened to the Dick Show, and we did a review of that. Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. And uh, I remember listening to that and going, huh, there's something here. There's there's some parts. And this was just a random episode I listened to. And you, you have to be really involved in the war to understand everything that's going on with Dick's show. But just my very first experience with it, I went, this guy's kind of funny. He's got something going on. And uh, since then, Dick and I have become pretty good friends. Uh, I went out to L.A. and did his show from his place. We, I went to Tampa. We did a live show together. He came to Chicago to do a live show with us. We're planning one in Philadelphia next year. Um, and he's got a, a very big audience, so that's helped me out a ton. But, yeah, for the most part, most of the shows I check out, I find reasons to not like them yeah. and to goof on them. But I've also uh, made a lot of friends with some of these shows that we've reviewed, like Doug from Who's Right, Doug from Good Times, Great Movies, Kaya Orson from the official podcast. There's actually a, a long list of guys I've had come on my show who I originally was goofing on, the, the first interaction we had. Yeah, I love Kaya. Uh, Doug from Who's Right, it's always great. Uh, no, it, it, you're right. Uh, there's so many. Uh, obviously, there's the cunt uh, from The Vanished. Uh, like, she would obviously be uh, your least favorite. But uh, outside of her... Which one has been one of the most difficult for you that you just like, fuck this cunt? Oh, Chad Zumach is being a fucking prick. <laughs> yeah, Holy cool. shit. And, <laughs> and it's interesting, too. I, I get notes from people. So Chad Zumach is this guy who asked me to come on my show. I didn't know who he was. He reached out to me and he said, Carl, because we started doing these um, in October. We were recreating October. We're going, okay, we're going to have to radio shows or former radio shows and now do podcasts in the month of October. So Chad reached out to me and he goes, oh, there's this guy, Paulie MF. He used to be Maxwell in Cleveland. And they had a, an actual radio rivalry because Chad Zumach was on a radio show in Cleveland a, years ago. So he came on my show to help me review the show. The problem was it was too personal for him. He wasn't having any fun. He was just being like angry. So he came on the show and then I moved on to another segment and he wasn't having any fun with that. He just wanted to rip on Chrissy Mayer. And I'm like, well, I don't have Chrissy Mayer clips. I have Stuttering John clips. You yeah. want to? listen to these or no and eventually i'm like okay so i just let him off the show I, I, he asked to come back on i let him come on a bonus episode just you know just to see if it would work i gave him a second chance it didn't it was the same thing he's not funny he's just angry so i just kind of ignored him for a long time up until recently he got back on my radar again with some of the shit that he was talking about uh people who i uh work very closely with and, and enjoy and I, I knew he was lying about them and then he started saying that he was going to start doing my shtick and going after stuttering John and be a part of this whole thing. And that's where I drew the line and said, no, Chad, this ain't happening, man. You're not part of this. And um, we've been featuring him the last month or two months or so, and he is not taking it well. He is really, and, and people have reached out to me and said, this guy's not stable. He's got a criminal record. You probably should be <laughs> a little bit careful of this guy. But uh, yeah, it, it gives me Marissa Jones vibes of what he would do if he could do it. <laughs> yeah. Look, it's, you know, he's become one of your regular, what do you call them, lol cows. Um, yeah. And look, uh, 
I haven't had any interaction with Chad. Uh, this is the only thing I listened to the two episodes uh, that you did, and particularly, I think it's I think I've even got it in memory. I think it's is it two fifty six. It's either two fifty six or three fifty six. I forget. Anyway, um, yeah. he was garbage, and 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 I was listening to it, going, "What the fuck is this?" And I could hear you getting frustrated with him. Uh, yes. It was. It, it came through clearly. Well, then, honestly, not to interrupt you, but then th- this was the other thing that really set me off is that he has said on many other shows that he fucked up on my show, and he mm-hmm. he goes, "Well, you know, I was trying to do this bit, which is a lie." But yeah. now he's pretending it was a bit that he wanted to do to pretend that he likes stuttering John, but he didn't really like stuttering John, but it was this bit. And then he went on to say recently that he was just trolling me yeah. on my show. And I went, well, hold on a second, Chad. I had you on as a co-host to come on to promote your show, have some fun. Uh, you know, it, it, he reached out to me. I wasn't seeking him out. And then he says he came on my show to troll me on my show. I'm like, fuck you, asshole. That's not yeah. what this is. You don't go on someone's show to fuck with their show. That's a dick move. No, I agree, and that that pissed me off as well because yeah, it, it ruined my enjoyment of a show. I was like, why did I waste my time listening to that? Um, obviously, you know what you put together was still great, but yeah, you had to you had to kick him off the show. And so when you finally said, when he tried to jump on the stuttering John bandwagon, and you finally said, "Fuck this guy," I'm gonna say something. So yeah. I tweeted you after hearing that, and I was like, "Thank fucking god!" Like. Because you had brought him back uh, a second time. And I was like, don't tell me he's I gave cool chances. Yeah. And by the way, I, I not only just gave him a couple of different chances, but also as people were ragging on him in our subreddit, and there, because Chad is very concerned about people talking shit about him on the internet, he's constantly <laughs> getting people to take things down. So he, re- he would reach out to me from time to time, just say, Carl, you know, I'm up for this radio gig or I'm trying to get this job. And if you Google my name, your subreddit shows up. Can you take that down? I'm always like, yep, that's fine, Chad. No problem. Deleting things for him. Just yeah. playing along. Like, whatever. It's all good. So I've I've always done my best by Chad until it got to this point where he's like, ah, I was trolling Carl and he's not even funny. I'm going to start doing the stuttering giant thing to make money. And I'm like, okay, now this guy, I got to put him on blast. Yeah, no, and it was, and it's great actually that you mentioned that because the the whole thing for me, I tweeted you after you said that, and I was like, thank you for swatting Chad Zumark away. Uh, the two worst episodes of WATP are his appearances, and that includes Carl admits to Pete and the fucking dumb cunt from Philly that you interviewed. <laughs> Yeah, um, those are bad. Yeah. Those are bad episodes. <laughs> yeah, but Chad Zumak was worse than that. I got one like on that tweet, Carl, because you didn't even like it. Fuck you. But um, uh, I got one like, and it was Chad Zumak. I didn't tag him. Oh, weird. So he's out there looking for his name. He, he's, uh, he van- he's vanity searching, and uh, I found that. Yeah, tweet. But he, he gave sure me a is. like, so you know, I guess that's kind. Well, of in my defense, in my defense, I'm trying to keep up. I'm so I, I'm in this weird transition <laughs> where. Um, I'm, I'm overwhelmed with the amount of communication that comes at me. So I'm, I've actually hired someone to help me manage that now. Oh, so I'm, I'm working on it and I'm trying to keep up on it. And I feel bad because anyone who reaches out to me over email or tweet tweets at me or DMs and especially Patreon, if you're a paid subscriber and you're DMing me, like I, I feel an obligation to not only read it, but to get back to people and, and carry on that conversation. So I've been bad with that and I apologize. It's no, it's much. fine. It was funny because uh, my yeah email to you said please reply, and and mainly I'd send you other emails, but I didn't really need a reply to them. They were just kind of yeah whatever. Um, but in this instance, I kind of really wanted to talk to you. But anyway, um, 
<laughs> I lost my train of thought there. That's right. Sorry. Yeah. So that was that was my interaction with Chad Zumark, I guess. And look, it's funny because I kind of look at him as a lot more sad than some of the other people I'm going to talk about. Um, it 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 feels less fun with Chad because he's so like at least when stuttering, stuttering John's angry, like it's doofus angry. Like yeah, like you said, Ch- Chad Zumark has that unhinged angry about him uh and that's where it's like eh, this doesn't seem so fun sometimes you know what i mean yeah well right his side of things and i'm trying to keep things fun on our end and keep yeah, things like we just did a bonus episode i just did a bonus episode where we broke down two of chad's shows one of them was we went down and when i say we i mean uh myself chrissy mayer anthony cumia gino bisconti alex stein uh, a whole bunch of people within that orbit compound media and, and, and all of Chrissy's friends, Simcast and all that kind of stuff. We went down and did this thing in Orlando. That was this 48 hour live stream from this huge house. We were all staying at, but before that event, there was a stand-up show at the improv in Orlando and Chad really wanted to come to that show. And they had to ban him from going because Chad has talked so much shit about Chrissy and her fiance, Frank, and he's dedicated so many episodes to shitting on them. They're like, we don't want you here. You're not going to add anything. You're, you're just angry. We don't want you here. So we just recently did an, ep- an episode of Who Are These Podcasts, which was the episode that Chad put out before that event happened, where he was ranting and raving like a lunatic about not being allowed to go to the show, and he should be allowed to go to the show, and he's funnier than everyone, and he's just unhinged and unfunny and angry. And then uh, fast forward, there was this other show he just did recently where he was breaking down a conversation he had over Facebook DMs with Frank Pellegrino, Chrissy's fiance. And so there's these two episodes. I got two hours of Chad content where he's angry. He's not funny. He's not having any fun with anything. And producer Chris and I sat down. I went, okay, we're going to do this show. We got to keep it light. We got to make sure that it's fun because it can get dark and angry very easily. And that's the thing about Chad content, because I agree with you. I think the Suttering John is just always funny. Even yeah. when he gets angry, it's just fun to laugh at him, just continue to laugh at him. You know, it's like the monkey throwing his feces at you, but he's in a glass cage. It's not going to hit you. You're like, okay, yeah, yeah keep trying, buddy. Uh, but with Chad, yeah, Chad, Chad can be a little toxic. So yeah. you do have – I do have to – I I need to play it in a certain way to make sure that everyone's having fun. We're all smiling still as we play this stuff because he is unhinged in a lot of his rants. Yeah, and I'm just dealing with someone on Twitter today, actually, who is it a similar kind of person. And, yeah, you're right. You do have to be careful about how you deal with it. But, no, it is – don't get me wrong. It, it is still – you guys still do it well. It is still funny. It's just I'm looking at him as a person and what he presents. He's not as fun as some of the other people. A bit like Opie is sort of just become boring and dull and not really that much fun anymore. And I, I've ne- – I'm sort of a bit with Opie. I feel like sometimes you guys sort of dismiss him a little bit too much in terms of the fact that, you know, Anthony and Jim Norton and that have never been the same without him. Like they never reached the highest. Like as much as Opie definitely phoned it in in the end and he hated Anthony and all that, like Opie was important. Uh, So sometimes I'm a little bit uncomfortable with how you guys just dismiss Opie, but I get it. Like it, you know, he, it, what he's become is unbelievable. I can't believe this guy that was making millions of dollars on the radio. He, what he's become now on Facebook live. Uh, what is he even doing now? Is he still doing Facebook live? What's going on with Opie at the moment? 
Yeah, what Opie does, and it, it, like you said, if people aren't familiar, Opie and Anthony was on, well, they were on XM Radio. They were on in multiple huge markets, New York, Philadelphia, Boston. But then when they got on satellite radio, they were nationwide. And it, when it came down to morning radio shows, it was the Howard Stern Show and Opie and Anthony. Those were the two shows. Everyone knew those shows, and people who like comedy morning radio listen to both of them and that was the funny thing is that those they would compete with each other and opie would go after howard and and howard had a thing where you weren't they weren't allowed to have the same guests and they had all this rivalry going on but the fans just liked them both we loved hearing Artie lang on howard stern we loved hearing jim norton on opie and anthony so we just liked the, the comedy aspect of it and so the fact that opie went from that level a level that Almost, no, and you could you could name all of these radio legends. Never even got close to that level that he reached, and just this quickly be down to he pops on his computer in the morning while he's drinking his coffee. He's got a very nice apartment. He's got a beach house. He's got an apartment. So depending on what time of year it is, he's either broadcasting from 500 feet above Manhattan or staring off into the Atlantic Ocean and the beach, and he just sits there as the sun rises and just says hi to people chatting at him. And it's the most dull, uninteresting, uninspired format you could possibly have. He just seems like a lonely dude who just needs a friend to talk to because I don't know why else you would be motivated to do something that's so pathetic. Yeah. No, you're right. And you're such a pro the way you, you explain the backstory of Opie and Anthony there. Um, no, you're right. It is unbelievable. And everything you just explained kind of – you don't need to know anymore. Like there's no point listening to it. And, and like say every now and then you'll do something like when the duck. Well, hold on. I, I disagree with that. I, honestly, I don't think I've been paying enough attention to Opie because I've been getting okay. a lot of notices from people. And what Opie has been doing is he's trying to recreate his brand. He's hired people to put together. If you go to his YouTube channel, he has all of these very short segments from his, these streams that he does. So they're, they're pulling things out. They're editing things together and they're trying to make interesting content, but like very, viewable like minute long minute and a half long just quick kind of things so oh so if you go on there and you watch those things you go okay opie's you know with his lukewarm takes on whatever he's talking about you can watch that and be like i right, dismiss him when you actually go and watch what he talks about for 45 minutes to an hour with people as he's streaming he is a dumb guy <laughs> he's dumb he tries to be funny he's not funny there's actually a lot there, I think. And I don't want to just dismiss Opie and say like, ah, he's irrelevant now. It doesn't matter because he did have such a career in radio. He should know better. He do he did have tons of friends who would be able to help him out. He's, he's burned every bridge. Nobody wants to talk to him anymore. So he's doing the show by himself and his dog sometimes. And it, they're actually, it actually is worth continuing to, uh, to review. I, I should be looking at it more often, honestly. Yeah, fair enough. Um, I, I think, yeah, I, I got to the point where I was kind of like, well, Opie, yeah, we know we know he's terrible at this now, uh, but he, he didn't seem to be really saying anything. And like kind of some of the funny stuff is, you know, the duct tape falling down uh, when he's when he was streaming from his car and that, which that's the kind of stuff that absolutely. Uh, but yeah, his, his his takes just became so mundane and boring. But you're right. When, when someone's dumb, that's great. I love listening to dumb people talk. That is phenomenal and you found a bunch of them um yes. i want to quickly discuss and i don't think he's dumb uh but the new the new kid on the block lorenzo Ariola. um yeah. 
so much fun. I've started listening to his show. Uh, he's got a little bit, uh, surely keeps talking about stuttering John, like in that Paul, Carl Pilkington uh, sort of aspect. Uh, that's really disrespectful to Carl Pilkington because Carl Pilkington, <laughs> yeah. he's likable. Um, yep. and he, he is actually pretty clever. Like there, there's some stuff he, he thinks about childlike, but there's other things he's really clever. I get that sense from Lorenzo. What, what do you think of that take? I like that take a lot. And the difference is Carl is interesting when you put him in scenarios or you ask him questions yep. Yep. and there, there's a way to get content out of Carl to make him interesting. I think if Carl sat down and just did a 15 minute show every day, it wouldn't be as interesting. Whereas this guy, Lorenzo, he sits down, he writes out some thoughts, he has some bullet points, and he sits down and he does a 15-minute show every day. And the way that he bounces from this idea to this idea, he'll say the craziest shit. And I think he's trying to be funny, but I also think there's there's something about him that's genuine and real. Yeah. And you can pick up on that, kind of like Carl Pilkington, where you can pick up on that and you're like, oh, this guy isn't playing a character he is trying to be funny and he does have some fun observations and things like that, but he's also like pretty fucked up. Like he's had he a is. weird life. He's had a fucked up life. He's uh he's sworn off women or ever being with a girl. He, he's uh it's a, it's an interesting window into a reality that I'm not normally familiar with. <laughs> the will they won't they with his cousin, uh, which was uh, amazing. So the, to be honest with you, one of the best belly laughs I've got in a while is him talking about stomping the crow in the, in the <laughs> supermarket. That came out of nowhere, too. I know. I'm listening to this. I'm like, this guy, is this for real? He was he was all proud of himself because there was a crow eating fruits and vegetables in the supermarket that he worked at. And so he took like a pan or something and beat the crow to death in front of all the customers. That's insane. <laughs> but his, his reasoning for it was hilarious. He goes, yeah. well, I had to kill it because crows are very smart. They recognize faces. And I didn't want this crow plotting against me for years to come. <laughs> like, All right. Well, makes sense. <laughs> it really does. Um, on that tone, uh, that angry tone, I guess, uh, Patrick Michael. Yeah. Um, he w- I think he was my first favorite before Stuttering John, if, if I'm being honest. Uh, as 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 I went through the back catalog, my absolute favorite. Oh, what was it called? He had Trey Peacock, another fella, and they were doing the jokes of the Mighty Morphin Power Rangers. Uh, do you... Oh yeah, that's right. That was a one-off. They were they were going to do that show. That was going to be a, a thing they kept doing because uh, Patrick Michael wrote all these jokes. <laughs> wrote all these jokes. <laughs> Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car, before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. 
Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Um, and so he was going to get his buddy Trey Peacock, who also dabbles in comedy, and then this other guy who didn't write down any jokes for the show, and they were all just trying to do their jokes to each other. I don't remember what that was called, but wow, was that a disaster. Dude, where's my joke? Dude, where's my joke? That's what it was. That what it is? Yeah. Okay. I, I just, it just hit me. That was amazing. I, I've got a friend that I work with, and I tell him about all this stuff. Like, he doesn't listen to your show, but I tell him about all these different characters. And I was telling him about that episode. And I would, I, I said to him, this stuff is amazing. And so I'd listen to Patrick Michael's jokes, and then I'd go over to him, and I'd tell him patrick michael's jokes and then he and i would sit there punching up his jokes and the 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 funny part about it is like he went hang on a minute he was prepared i said yeah he brought those jokes he wrote them (laughs) he wrote that down (laughs) he brought it to the show and in about 10 seconds we came up with although still not funny we found out a better way of using his premise uh, and, and get, and he called Isn't it hard the, not to do that. Like when, when somebody has just the worst punch on you, like, well, it'd be funnier if you said this, like, <laughs> but you can't do that. Right. But you, you want to. Yeah, exactly. But that was, that was an atrocious attempt at comedy, but I just couldn't stop listening. It, it was just, I, when you got to the end of it, I was like, I want, I want these guys to do more jokes because this is, phenomenal listening to how bad it is and then obviously you guys added your jokes to it um tell me well, also <laughs> the other thing that patrick michael was doing was trying to do stand-up and he's yes. put out a couple of videos uh two open mics and then he did one that was just from his apartment or whatever he lives in a trailer home or whatever <laughs> and um so there's no laugh track and it's just this weird music and we've taken those videos and i've gone uh with my buddy dick masterson on our crossover episodes and broken those down because yes when he tries to craft a joke it's hilarious how bad his jokes are and you can tell he thinks he's very funny and witty he's very proud of himself again he's another one that i just found myself fascinated i've got to go listen to him and i remember listening to him going i don't know if you're here because you because of my stand-up and and I just I burst out like I said, what the three people at the open mic that saw you? Right, you would know that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but no, he's very confident. I mean, the the Mighty Morphin Power Rangers, uh, they just got hit. The Power Rangers just got hit. They were some heaters, I believe, is what he said. He is very confident in his comedy, and uh, it boggles the mind. But he also seems like a very angry, angry kid as well. And he and he does a lot of fuck you to the audience uh is that because of you like have you caught a kind of that out, in, out of him it's, well, no it's not because of me we've definitely um well a, a lot of his episodes in more recent times over the past well at least this year where he was calling me and dick meshing out specifically calling us by name or nickname or whatever yeah obviously but the reason why he landed on uh our show in the first place was because he was getting into a, he was part of this podcast network and he was getting into a fight with all the other hosts of the shows on the network and calling them out. So no matter what happens, Patrick Michael gets pissed off and calls everyone out. So yeah. it's not because of us that this happened. This would have happened anyway. That's just the kind of guy that he is. And I remember it was Jody B from Po Boys podcast and uh, Doug from Who's Right who reached out to me and they went, "You got to check this guy out. He is insane." And I, I still remember where I was the first time I popped on Chewed Gum, the podcast he used to do that reviewed movies. I was driving in my car. I was leaving work. And I'm driving up this road. I always drive on. And Patrick Michael's voice comes on. And he starts 
explaining the length of the movie and uh, just like all this like mundane detailed information that you'd get off an IMDb page rather than actually talk about the movie itself at all. And I went, this is brilliant. I, every part of this, I want to clip and comment on. This is amazing. And Patrick Michael became a recurring character for us for years after that, because of that, the problem with our show, and you know this Ozzy, cause you listen, the problem with our show is that when we review a podcaster or a podcast too much, we then become part of the podcast. Yeah. So yeah. I want to just observe and, and point fingers and laugh, but then it turns into they, now we're in a podcast award. We're feuding. And now I'm playing clips of the person I used to just laugh at calling me out. And I'm like, wait, I'm, I'm too close to the sun here. I've, I've spoiled my own uh, fruits with this because this is supposed to be just me, you know, talking about yeah. something that I'm just observing. You know, if we were, if we were making fun of Marvel movies, they wouldn't make a movie making fun of us or calling us out or something like that, you know, because yeah, it's, yeah. it's too big for that. But we go after Stuttering John and, and Patrick Michael and Chad Zumach and all these guys, and then they start coming back after us, and it gets weird because now we're talking about them talking about us, and it's, it's too weird. It's a weird metaverse kind of uh, bullshit, yeah. but uh, yeah. Look, a couple of the others. I, I like Jerry Banfield. Uh, he's he's a little bit more zany. Um, once again, uh, someone that's just got some interesting uh, thoughts on life. Uh, what do you have a favorite Jerry Banfield memory? Yeah. So Jerry Banfield, the way I discovered him, I was looking. I was trying to figure out how to do. I don't know if it was a software application, but I'm sure you're just like me. You want to learn how to do something. You go on YouTube and you look up, someone's going to show you how to do it. Mm. I stumbled upon Jerry Banfield because his business model used to be, he would teach you how to do anything you wanted to do online. He knew how to do it. And he had these videos and then he, he would tease you with this information and then go to his website. This behind a paywall and get all this other information. And that's when I discovered he was doing a video. It was about finance. And he was explaining that he was $600,000 in debt him and his wife and he's going through and trying to tell me how to deal with my finances and i was like is this guy insane how do you get six hundred thousand dollars in debt and then put out a video explaining how to deal with your finances like buddy you're the last guy who should be giving anyone advice on this this is insane he was so stupid about it he's like i was making five thousand dollars a month from the internet the problem was I was spending $15,000 advertising. I'm like, yeah, that's a problem, idiot. You're losing $10,000 a month. And he would do this for years and be like, and so I realized you can't spend more money than you're making. Like, no shit. Jesus nope. Christ. How do you not know that? This is so basic. You don't have to go be an accounting major to know about this. So, yeah, that, that was the thing about Jerry. And I think Jerry, I, I like him as a person. He's he's He seems like a genuine nice guy. I think that he says shit for attention. He talks about how he remembers his past lives. He's been on a spaceship. He remembers being born. He says all this crazy shit. I think he just says it for attention. He talks about aliens a lot. That, all that's well and good and, and fun and interesting. But I enjoy more so making fun of someone who's being genuine and real and trying to be funny or trying to be serious, and they're just a dumb idiot. That's why I really like Jerry in the first place, the fact that he's so far in debt and hasn't figured out that he's doing it all wrong. Yeah. Um oh, yeah, Tom Myers sucks. Terrible comedian. Don't want to waste your time on him. I don't know. Yeah. Will you <clears throat> does your will your soundboard work on on this for me? 
And could we have some uh, the Stuttering John intro? Is there is there any chance of that? You know what? It will work. We laughed our asses off. <laughs> That's so great. I've, I've been loving you guys doing the uh, easy for you to say. What an yeah, incredible John, book. John wrote an autobiography called Easy for You to Say, and he, he reads his own audio version of the book. And uh, we've been breaking that down on our Patreon, our bonus shows, little by little, and I can't get enough of it. I have such a hard time leaving anything unclipped yeah. everything in that book i'm like what what did he just say why does he why did he put that in his book what an idiot so yeah it's been a lot of fun no it's been great I, my favorite story is basically him sexually harassing a co-worker until she dates him like isn't that isn't that a great story I, I, I yeah he doesn't even it. realize he doesn't even realize how much he incriminates himself with the things that he says in there, he's like, ah, oh, we're all just having a, a good time. It's like, no, this is actually disturbing behavior. John, yeah. you should not be doing this. That is my f- absolute favorite thing about Stuttering John. Um, he thinks he's the hero of every story. Of Whatever course. story it is, even if it's even if it's Jackie and Howard, somehow Stuttering John was the hero of that story. But when Stuttering John tells a story, he's an asshole, even when he tells it. Like right. he, even his version of it, you go, wait, you did what? Why would yeah, you do that? Exactly. It, yeah. It, most, the one that hit home for me was the, um, the technician that came over to his house to fish, fix the dishwasher or whatever it was that hit home for me. I'm an electrician and I've, I've walked into some shitty homes and been like, you know, fuck, I don't really want to fucking do this job. He tries to make that technician sound like an asshole, but his whole story is unbe- unbelievable that he would expect somebody to work in those conditions. It's one of the greatest things he's ever talked about because he really thought that this guy was being a prick. The guy comes in, he's got three cats in his um, less than a thousand square foot apartment. And so he had to, he never cleans the litter box. So there's, there's just cat shit piled up and it smells terrible. And so the guy goes, Oh, you live like this? This is, I, I don't think I can handle this. And John's like, oh, fine, your majesty. And he takes the cat litter box and puts it outside. As if that's going to get rid of the smell. It's like, no, the smell's been there for months, John. It's, you're not going to get rid of it that it's easy. It's in the curtains. It's in the couch. It's in everything. Everywhere. Yeah. Well, then, so then the, he's got to work on, you know, whatever appliance it is. And he's got to get down on the floor in the kitchen to work on. He goes, listen, you got to find a different guy for this. I'm not laying down on this floor. This is disgusting. And just to think about the fact that there's a guy, like you said, you're going into homes every day. You see a variety of things. You're probably, you know, some of the jobs you don't want to do, but you do it. This guy was like, fuck this. This is the grossest thing I've ever seen. I'm not going to lay down on this floor. I want nothing to do with this. And the guy left. And John's whole rant was like, what a dick. Why can't he just lay down on my disgusting floor, smell my disgusting cats for two hours and fix my shit? It's like, because, John, not, most people don't live like you. You're gross. Yes. You're a and, gross dude. I think the other aspect to it as well, and, and and it's the part that John leaves out. Like, like I said, I've worked in some pretty gross houses, but you just get the job done. There's no doubt he was a prick from word go. And that's why this guy was like, this place stinks. Your floor's greasy. 
fuck this. You're being a prick. I'm done. You know what I mean? You can just. John, John thinks he's a celebrity still. Yeah. And that's the funny thing about him is that he expects people to treat him well because he was on the Howard Stern show and he was on with Jay Leno on the tonight show. And so he could treat people like shit and he expects them to treat him well back, which probably worked while he was on television, but now he's nothing. He's a has been, he's washed up. His career is so bad. And so he still has that thing where it's like, I'm a celebrity. Come on, man. And people are like, no, fuck you. You're an asshole. No. And it, it's funny. The tonight show thing, like this is one thing that I think kind of gets a little bit lost. I mean, I know I'm from Australia, but we've still had the tonight show for at least 20 years, I'd say. Uh, and I did watch some of the tonight show at the time where John was working there. And I've got to say, who would be remembered from the tonight show other than Jay Leno and Kevin Eubanks, right. who really is remembered from the tonight show? Who got famous are, from the tonight show? Those are the two names that you would think of. If you think about the tonight show, the only other one that I would tell you is Jim Norton because Jim Norton was doing regular bits on there and it was, I was an open Anthony fan. So he would talk about it on open Anthony and then I would watch it on Jay Leno. So that's the only reason why I remember that, you know, if you were just a casual viewer, you might not, but, but, Jim was doing some pretty funny bits on there, uh, like at least like every other week or something, maybe once a month, whatever it was. But that's also the thing with Jim, because you're right. And I actually was prepared for you to say Jim Norton, but Jim Norton is famous for the Opie and Anthony show. He's not, he's not famous for the Tonight Show. And he was on, he was on Louis show on HBO. And yeah, yeah, the, the yeah. stuff that you know from Jim wouldn't be the Tonight Show. I agree. Yeah. And so I just, the fact that he like, yeah, you got paid good money for God knows what. Uh, but nobody's remembering you from that. You are only stuttering John uh, from the Howard Stern show. And right. so for me, Carl, I, I mentioned to you before we started the show, I got into opinion Anthony around about the time Anthony got fired. Unfortunately, it's kind of like discovering the Sopranos after James Gandolfini's dead, you know, like, ah, oh, fuck really cunt. Um, but so I got into it and it's funny because they used to, obviously they were feuding with Howard back in the day. And so I just had this attitude of, yeah, Howard sucked because that's what Opie and Anthony were telling me. Sure. Um, and because of all of this, because of stuttering John, I've been going onto YouTube and going back to all of this yeah. stuff. And I've heard from so many people and you said it yourself when you first covered stuttering John, look, I like stuttering John, the Howard Stern show. I thought he was a lot of fun and da -da. I started watching these clips and I'm like, no, this dude has always been an asshole. And he's yes. always been all about himself and he's never listened ever like that. I think you played the clip uh, on one of your shows of Howard telling John he's not funny. Yep. And during that he's going, yep. Yep. And Robin comments is like, you can see he's not listening. He's yep. not listening. He's just waiting for his next chance to talk. Howard told John, and this is so telling this is in the nineties and Howard's a pretty astute guy. It's John, you're trying to do my act. When you're trying to be funny, you're not funny. You know when you're funny? When you're not trying to be funny. You're unintentionally funny. Nobody wants to hear that. It's obviously depressing. Yeah. But Howard was right. And I've been documenting now for quite a bit on, on the show that Stuttering John, when he's trying to be funny, he's just doing Howard. He's trying to say outrageous things. He even has a, a music video about how small his penis is. Like, that's, that's a Howard Stern joke, dude. You can't rip that off. You worked with Howard for 15 years. We all know it. That's how bad he is at, at comedy. All he can do is try to do the, the bit that Howard Stern did. 
Yeah, exactly. And I've had the theory now for a little while after listening, going back and listening to a bunch of stuff and, and obviously understanding what's happened for him. He really, in hindsight, like it was life-changing money. I get it. The money that he got offered for uh, Jay Leno, but in hindsight, if he could have got a bump up to, you know, like 120 a year, and then with all of the appearances and all that, where he gets his 15 grand for a weekend or whatever, he could have got himself halfway to 500 and stayed with Howard Stern. He would still be there today because you've proven Carl that it's still <laughs> funny to make fun of stuttering John in 2022. <laughs> he would be making crazy money now if he had a stuck around. What's your, what's your thoughts on that? Well, it's funny because I happen to know for a fact that a lot of the guys who work on the Howard Stern show to this day, listen to who are these podcasts. They listen to uncle Rico show, which Shuli Egar from the Howard Stern show does that just goofs on centering John. And I know these guys know what a gold mine this is because they love this content. If they could somehow get Howard to just mm. lay into what centering John has become, I think that would go so viral. I mean, listen, it could save I, Howard's I, career. I, no. listen, I, I don't want, I don't go that far. I, I don't want to tell <laughs> Howard how to, how to run his career. He do, he's doing very well for himself. I don't own three homes. I don't have a house in the Hamptons. Not so. money wise, but what his show has become. It's bad. It's, it's not bad. good. And it, if it, Howard would lean into the fucking dabble verse, holy shit, it would be the most epic thing. Now, I realize that my universe is small that I'm describing right now. Yeah, yeah, of course. Yeah. There's 5,500 people on a, on a subreddit who all enjoy this, and people are tweeting, and people are making shows and YouTube videos. But there is an audience there for it, and Howard would crush it because he knows John, and he's been saying this about him for years. It would be so funny for John to get his comeuppance from Howard, to, for him to view what John has been up to the last few years. And to really just lay it in would be amazing. It is phenomenal. I mean, there's so many things like the things that come to your head. That's where you're, because there's just so many things I want to talk about, John, with John. Like I, I remember watching him with Nikki Freed and I like Nikki Freed. I think she's lovely and, and she has some good policies and some good thoughts and she seems to know politics. And John is hungover, dehydrated <laughs> yeah. and guzzling orange juice. And yeah. I'm watching him and he's explaining that he's dehydrated and I'm watching, I'm like, get a fucking Gatorade, you retard or some water. Like, why are you drinking orange juice and adding more sugar? Um, and I've got to give credit to Nikki Freed at one point, he was guzzling orange juice. And she said, is that Florida orange juice, John? Like it's, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's so bad, but yeah, like he's just been to the hospital after going to Iowa for dehydration. I know you've said before, Stuttering John is not long for this world, and he's yeah. taking a break at the moment. Have not you heard any? He's not taking a break from drinking. That's no, not sure. from drinking, not from drinking, just from <laughs> podcasting. Um, yeah. But no, do you have any inside information? Have you heard anything of what's going on? Uh, where is Stuttering John at at the moment? Do you know? I do. I have. You ready for an exclusive right here, Aussie guy? I would love a fucking exclusive, girl. Okay. This is like a, this is rumor. I don't know if this is true or not, but this is what I hear. And I do hear a lot of things that turn out to be true. John has scheduled his return January 14th. It will not be behind a paywall. He does not have the funds. He wants to build a network like Anthony's, like Compound Media, where he has a network of shows that are all behind a paywall. You pay a monthly fee and you can watch him. You can watch Ron Filipkowski. You can watch uh, Richard Ojeda. All of his guys talking politics. 
And so that's the goal for him for 2023. He's not able to get there just yet. He's still trying to sell his shitty apartment in Canoga Park. But um, eventually that's what he wants to get to. But he will be back in January. Back in January. Well, I look forward to it. We at Get My Go, we did one Stuttering John episode. And then all of a sudden, boom, it all disappeared. And um, which I used, excuse me, I used mostly MSCS Media and Tommy. Uh, which is uh, phenomenal. I think he's on there like four times, five times. Uh, there's one with Scott, the engineer. Uh, they are some phenomenal things. Uh, stuttering John talking to an alien. <laughs> yeah. Tommy, that's a guy that people always tell me we got to explore him more because Tommy from MSCS is this guy who wants to be Joe Rogan. I mean, he said this himself. He wants to be Joe Rogan. He's set up his set to look like the Joe Rogan show. He brings on these guests and he interviews them very seriously. And he doesn't seem to understand our culture. He says he's from Pennsylvania. There's no way. There's no way he's from America or possibly Earth because the shit that he says is so crazy. You're like, what is this guy's deal? And I'm always fascinated by those types of characters. Uh, another one is this guy, Harrison Young, that we just discovered. He's out of the Boston area. He does an interview style show too. This is a guy in his early 60s, and uh, he it, it's everything that Zach Galifianakis makes fun of on Between Two Ferns, where it's this public access show with a host who's ill-prepared and, and kind of stupid and out of it, and he has these celebrities on and doesn't know what to do with it. So I'm actually trying to get on Harris's show. I've texted yeah, him. He's texting yeah. me back. I think we're going to coordinate this and make it happen. No, but, no, uh, yeah, Tommy no. from MSCS with Stuttering John is a recipe for success. I know we've done a ton of episodes on – those um appearances i know uncle rico has done a bunch mm. on those appearances they're just comedy gold and not in the way that anyone who's doing the show wanted it to be yeah and again there's so many stories of starring john burning bridges and uh just again just making himself the villain in all of his own stories is well john, john and chad zumach have this thing in common where they go in and they ruin relationships with people and learn nothing from it yeah. and just continue to make the same mistakes over and over again and think that everyone else is the asshole. They look around and they go, wow, these people are successful. These people are doing better than me. Those people, I used to ride with those guys. I used to hang with these people. They're the problem. Like, no, yeah. dummy, you're the problem. Chad, John, you're the fucking problem. Change the way you think. Yeah. I, I guess that's hard to do. <laughs> I guess it's hard to change the way you think. I mean... I was pretty cool in high school. Um, oh, congratulations. But I, but I stopped caring about that. Uh, what am I now? I'm nearly 40. So I stopped caring about that 23 years ago. Um, but yeah, Jad Zumark, that is one of the most embarrassing things I've ever I've ever heard. You're sitting there on a podcast explaining to somebody that's not there uh, that you were, you were cool in high school. Uh, very embarrassing. Excuse me. Well, especially because the his whole goal of that was to call me out. Yeah. So he, he's going, Carl wants to goof on me, but I was cool in high school. And Chad's older than I am. So he's, he's older than both of us. So there's no way in hell he thinks that that's a, a burden. I'm like, oh, shit. Well, I guess I can't go after him. I didn't yeah. realize he was cool fucking 30 years ago. Okay. Well, never yeah. mind. You're also a Weezer fan. Ah, yes, yeah. So this is the funny thing is that Chad accused me of being in a Weezer cover band and idolizing Rivers Cuomo. And I will say, 
I am a Weezer fan. I've been I've been on two Weezer cruises, but I haven't liked anything they've put out in the last twenty two years or so. Like it's been really. I guess you'd probably call it rubbish. I don't know if that's an Australian yeah. thing or a British yeah. thing. It's rubbish. Yeah. And uh, and so it's funny that he's calling me out because my favorite band is Ween, and I talk about it a lot. And my band has performed Ween tribute shows where we cover tons of Ween songs. And uh, I love Dean Ween and Gene Ween, not Rivers Cuomo. So he's, he's just <laughs> off a little bit. Yeah, it's, it's still nerdy, but uh, he's just off a little bit there. Speaking of your music, just really quickly, like sometimes I get annoyed at you because I'm like, to be honest with you, I hate talking music with musicians because it's like yeah. you think you're better than me because I don't play uh, any instruments or whatever. But um, <laughs> you've actually appeared on our show before. I did rip something from your show and put it on our show because our boy Robbie, uh, the Josh Allen sycophant, he's also a Red Hot Chili Peppers, Chili Peppers <laughs> fan. That and- sucks. We've been uh, we've been ripping him for well forever, and I, I keep telling him Anthony Kiedis can't sing and he sucks at singing. And so I was listening to one of your shows one day, and you just were like, "Can somebody tell Anthony Kiedis that he can't fucking sing?" You know, <laughs> and, stop uh, doing ballads, man. And I I liked look, I'm a punk rock guy. I liked the Chili Peppers when they first came out, and when they were doing the funk punk thing, and Anthony's more just like screaming or whatever. And then when Under the Bridge fucking ruined that band because it, it took off, became this huge hit for them. And now Anthony Kiedis thinks that he can fucking sing love ballads and it's obnoxious. It's not good. And I, I made this observation. I was very proud of myself. So I've been repeating it a lot. But the Red Hot Chili Peppers are our generation's Aerosmith. If you're an Aerosmith fan, okay, cool. 70s Aerosmith, right? Yeah. You, you like Chili Peppers? Like 80s Chili Peppers, right? But then you like this band turns into this thing that sucks and you're like, oh God, I wouldn't even go to their concert now, even though I love their first two or three albums because there's been so much, it's kind of like Weezer, so much garbage (laughs) has come out since then. But Aerosmith's turned into the love ballad making rock band, just like Chili Peppers turned into the ballad band. So I feel like there's some parallels there where they used to be cool, used to be rocking and they just turned into really lame soft rock bullshit. No, that's a fair call. That's a fair call. Uh, now, Carl, I, a little while ago, I emailed a show to you that I wanted you to cover on WATP. Now, given that I understand, you know, that you get flooded with emails and that, you probably missed it. But okay. I've got a few clips here. Do you want to stick around and do a little mini WATP segment on some clips? I, I have of- a few. I have a few minutes, but I, I do. I am up against it in a little bit here. All right, oh, we'll get straight into it. Uh, yeah, these two women, uh, they got yeah a little bit of fame here in Australia through reality TV. And this podcast came across my Facebook, I think, one day. And I just clicked on it and listened for 20 seconds. And I went, all right, I got to go listen to this because I think Carl could cover this. Um, it's great that you mentioned uh, Harrison Young earlier because this first clip I've got for you has, has got an Harrison Young element to it. But this show is called Two Girls, One Pod. Very Ugh. original. Already hate yeah. it. Yeah. And uh, I, I've dubbed it Two Dumb Broads. Uh, but uh, this is the, the kickoff to the, the one of the most recent episodes. Break it down. Oh. Break it down. Yeah, Break it down. Come on, come on with me. That's it. 
Oh, it's so out of shoot, out of beat. Party yeah, over here, party over there. The roof, the roof, the roof is on fire. Oh, yeah. it's got the dogs going. Hey, 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 oh. calm down, calm down. This isn't a real party. It's a pretend party. It's not a dancing dog party. Sit the shit down. Yeah, sit your shit. Don't do a shit. Just sit down. This is a podcast okay. party and you're welcome. Yeah, you're not. All right, I'm going to stop it there because you said you're, you're short on time and the rest is just garbage anyway. Um, uh, what are your thoughts on kicking off the show on that, Regan? You, you did notice the Harrison Young uh, aspect to it. Uh, what are your initial thoughts on the intro to the show there, Carl? Fucking thing sucks! <laughs> um, yeah, so this is the problem, especially with reality TV stars, but just celebrities in general. We've broken this down quite a bit. I do the show called The Drew and Mike Show. They're out of Detroit. They, they were a morning show for couple decades and now they have a very successful podcast and uh drew discovered who are these podcasts because drew is a veteran radio guy who gets really annoyed when you look at the podcast charts and it's all these celebrities who do shows and they have a name so people find it and discover it but they're all for the most part terrible at it the idea that you're just gonna be good at podcasting because you're just a celebrity and you just have this amazing personality just almost never comes true. And I can tell with these women, there's way too much confidence there. There's, there's too much confidence just in the way they're getting, they're kicking this thing off. They're singing their little songs or having this little party. And it's like, I can tell that there's nothing behind this. They're not going to get into any information that's going to be important to me. They're not going to be funny or witty. And the, the problem with these shows where they have a built-in audience because they're a celebrity, they don't have to try, so they don't. Yes, um, I'm glad your soundboard's soundboard's working. I hope you've got uh, Bonnie. Is it Bonnie McFarlane? That's uh, Ridge yeah. Boss. Yeah, I hope you've got her ready. I'm going to skip the pathetic fan one. They she tells a stupid story about how a fan was fucking crying and saying you guys are everything to me and fucking blah blah blah. I, I fucking despise that shit. But I'm going to go on to all right this one here. So this is the, one of them is quite, kind of attractive. She's probably a six, maybe a seven. Uh, she was on the Bachelorette, uh, and so she was hosting a, like an our, uh, our music awards uh, on the red carpet. She was doing interviews and shit. So this is what they're talking about in this particular episode. That dress was so beautiful. You know I love me um, a shoulder pad like that oh. dress had some serious shoulder shoulder padage. Yeah, and I was tray impressed that shoulder padage is coming out mm -hmm. like it is now also it had gloves in the sleeves in now, the sleeves you talk to me uh, did you have to get in the dress yeah go through the oh, arms I've got a funny and story. into the holes i've got a funny Not story who <laughs> fucking cares <laughs> thank you carl now she said at the end of that i've got a funny story okay. what do you what are, what are the odds that you've got on that story being funny carl I'm going to say 0%, all right? I'm going to put the over-under at zero. Now, what's really annoying about these women, and I don't know if shoulder padage is a term, but these people who try to invent words and think that they're interesting, like that's their personality, is to invent words on things. It's like, all right, that's a mundane, boring observation that you made. You're not going to spice it up by talking about shoulder padage. I knew you would hate that. That's why I clipped it. I was like, Carla's going to hate shoulder padage. Um, yeah, I just find it. So, yeah, she said funny story about that. So, you ready for the funny story, Carl? 
Now, the funny story was about the fact that the, the gloves were built into the sleeves of this dress. Is that what we're talking about? Well, let, let's see. Okay, let's see. So I wanted gloves because I love a glove moment. And also I knew I would be holding a microphone and meeting a lot of people. And my hands, my hyperhidrosis, uh, sweaty, so sweaty. And I didn't want to be rubbing it on me dress the whole day. It's hot up in her too. So I was like, I want a glove moment. It's the Aria, so it's really like your personality. He, we did like two fittings in the week and we did like a, a push up, you know, uh, heart kind of boob moment. And then he was like, do you like shoulder pads? And I was like, chuck them in we loved so i had to stick my little mitts in and then be zipped up so and then it was all across the back moment too so when i got home it was quite early i'm such a nan yeah but i could not get out of this dress and it was tight and i was and because it was so hard i could hardly type on my phone i couldn't reach over with the gloves to undo i slept I FaceTime the person I'm chatting to at the moment. I got her on the phone. I'm having a panic attack. I'm like, I can't. She's like, get down on the floor. Let me let me direct you. I couldn't do it. I had a full-blown panic attack. And she was like, you, okay, you need to, sh- like, breathe. We <laughs> laughed our asses off. <laughs> Hilarious. Sorry. Yeah. Did you pick up on the I wanted a, I wanted a glove moment? There was a chest moment. There was a ba- all over the back moment. I wasn't following what that meant. Can you explain that to me? I don't know what that means. Again, this is a fucking idiot making shit up. Interesting. Yeah. Yeah. And it's it's bizarre. All right. One the the story did get funnier. This is the last clip. Okay. All right. I just I just want to make an observation. Some people live a boring life, and so they're not interesting because their lives are boring, and they try to tell anecdotes and there's nothing going on. Then there's people like this who meet celebrities, have an interesting life, probably a life that a lot of people would be interested in and can't make it interesting. They're just devoid of any type of talent that it would take to turn a red carpet event that you're interviewing celebrities into an interesting anecdote. The fact that you got home and couldn't get your dress off should not be the interesting part of that evening. Yeah, I, I knew you'd love this car. I knew, I knew you would. Oh, yeah, oh, yeah. I, I love it. I yeah. love it. Oh, dude. Great. Uh, no, but the story did end up being funny. Okay. Actually, now I think it, I probably yeah. could have unzipped it. Anyway, these things well, happen. Yeah, I was going to say. Probably oh. could have unzipped it. Uh. Think about it. Would this be interesting to you? Would you listen to this? Yeah, this is the problem, man. And I, I don't know what the solution is because more and more podcasts keep cropping up every fucking day. Everyone thinks that what they have to say is interesting and most people are uninteresting and not funny. Yeah, agree. And they, they are classic men haters. There are a couple of single women. One of them's queer. Um, you know, they hate men. There, there's so much stuff in there where these fucking morons have no idea what they're talking about, but they're trying to sound... Feeling is mutual, my friend. The feeling is mutual. (laughs) Well, Carl, I appreciate you being so generous with your time. You've been uh, fantastic. You're such a pro. Uh, You always know know where to go with all these stories and all that. You're always prepared. Uh, You are the man. I appreciate that. Honestly, I... This is just my life now, so yeah. it's pretty easy to do when you're like, Carl, when did this happen? I'm like, oh, yeah, this happened, and then that happened. So it's not like I have notes written down or anything, so it no, makes it easy. 
No, it's great because I've seen you on other shows, and, and thankfully my doctor didn't call today, which was great. But um, I've seen <laughs> I've seen you on other shows, and it's always great. You just boom, you know, like someone has a thought. Oh, tell me about stuttering, John, and you just bang. You, you've got a story ready to go. It's it's always great. All right, um, I, I know you do have other things to do. I know you're a busy man. Uh, so thank you for your time. Uh, let everybody know uh, where to find everything. Um, you obviously YouTube, your Patreon, everything. Uh, let everyone know. Well, whoarethese.com is your one-stop shop because I have the links to everything on there. Whoarethese.com. We have all the episodes up there, but you can get it wherever you get your podcasts from. Uh, Who are these podcasts? Uh, Whoarethese.com. You'll find a link to our YouTube channel. We're constantly putting up videos of the show and and fun things on there. Our Patreon, where we have the uh, exclusive content that you can get, but also we appreciate people supporting the show with that. We have a Discord server. We have a subreddit. I'm on Twitter. Uh, all those things you can find if you go on. Uh, we have a Facebook group. Uh, there's links on whoarethese.com. Very well done, mate. Uh, I love, I, I highly recommend the Patreon. Uh, it's a couple of bonus episodes a, a, a month. I I got on you uh, a month or so ago uh, giving you shit about not doing two exclusive bonus episodes. Um, and, uh, you know, I know you obviously you, you're up against it sometimes, but uh, no, there's always content going up. You, you what The Drew and Mike show, uh, you do those appearances. There's a, there's always good stuff going up, and there's the stuttering John autobiography. That itself, I think, is is worth the Patreon subscription. I'm going to be bummed out when we run out of that book. I'm yeah, about I agree. Yeah. and we've already done nine full episodes on it. He needs to so write another one. Of the same story. Go, but it's I'm going to be depressed when we get to the end of that thing because <laughs> it's it's been a wild ride. <laughs> Thank you very much for your time, Carl. I I really do appreciate uh, you coming on. Uh, for everyone, awesome. to- thanks for supporting the show and, and thanks for being a fan. I really appreciate that. And, uh, you're, you're spreading the word. So that's all I ask, buddy. Thank you. Oh, good, mate. Like I said, I'll always support stuff that I enjoy and I like for everyone out there, get out there, subscribe to Carl. Um, as soon as you do start listening, you'll get addicted and you'll be on the Patreon in no time. Um, obviously add Malatown on Twitter uh Militia at gmail.com send us a couple of emails and uh of course on twitter i am at that sussy guy just imagine that aussie guy and put an s where the a should be we'll catch you next time on malatown